Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Well, REM for you here on your Thursday. Thanks for being with us. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanez coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missed anything in the first hour of today's show? We heard from Jason Eck, the head coach of the Idaho Vandals. We also heard from Bobby Houck, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. Those two teams meet on Saturday at Washington Grizzlies Stadium here in Missoula. We also heard from Jackson Tucker, a senior defensive end uh, for the Billings West Bears and a future Montana Grizzly. We also heard from Chance Wilson, a senior quarterback uh, there down in Oklahoma, right outside the Tulsa area, and uh, a Montana State commit. All that, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Back in one of our favorite places, Studio 49 here at the Gallagher Business Building on the University of Montana campus. One of my great friends and uh, now a Edward Murrow Award-winning uh, broadcaster, Justin Angle, joining us. Congratulations, <laughs> man. This is pretty cool. Uh, it is, it is uh, surprisingly cool. Like like you mentioned, we won this award for the Fireline podcast, yep. and we were just in New York City. I was, I was there with um, my colleagues on the project, Nick Mott and Victor Ibeas. For the Murrow Awards, which I didn't realize was kind of a big fancy deal. For sure, man. Tuxedos and celebrities and the whole bit. So it was fun to be in New York this time of year. It's beautiful there. And uh, the award ceremony and some time away with with my wife without the kids. Yeah, it was was a really wonderful few days. Well, congratulations. And if you haven't checked out that podcast, you should. And no matter where you're listening from, it's important. But particularly if you live in Montana or you live in, you know, sort of the inland northwest here, it's all about wildland for forest fires and the why. Why do they happen? Why are they more extreme than they used to be? What is our impact on them as a people? Uh, so I think it's important for anybody that lives around this area. So go check that out. Available on all your podcast hosting platforms. Uh, the news of the day, I guess the conversation of the day, this is blowing up national ESPN radio as I drove down here, is the continuing and at this point, I just can't help but laugh because it's just so outrageous, all the stuff that's coming out. Uh, Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders now, Washington football team, Washington Redskins, he's owned for 23 years. And there's never been anything really good said or written about this man. Yeah. And now it's all coming out. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it, it goes into a deeper conversation in a minute, but this is sort of crazy uh, to see this, this sort of empire and its emperor fall before our eyes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's in some ways shocking it's taken this long, right? There's been so many Absolutely. horrible missteps. And, and, you know, one way to look at it is like, you know, you've asked this question many times in the segment is like, how, when are people going to jump off the NFL train? Sure. Like, when are they going to lose their market power? And, 
you know, with how poorly the Reds, I'm sorry, it's not the Redskins anymore, with right. how poorly the Commanders franchise has been run on so many levels, uh, and how poor the product has been on the field, it's amazing that fans are still interested in that team, that they still have fans. Right. And here's it, the irony, though, is if he ever gets forced out, and that looks like it's inevitable no matter, I and mean, this might take forever, he might almost be dying by the time he's forced out. Maybe. But, but it seems inevitable. But that actually could then make them just skyrocket even more in popularity. Possibly. Possibly. You just don't know what's kind of driving that. I mean, there is, there's monopoly power, right? It, it is kind of the only game in town, although Baltimore has a franchise not too far away, but. But they're not really in the same leagues. They don't have a lot of overlap competitively. Um, yeah, so it, it is a little baffling that this guy can continue to operate in the style in which he's operated and that people will still turn over their money and their attention to that franchise because it hasn't really been doing much compelling on the field. It is. It's, it's a crazy dynamic when you really think about it because the Washington football franchise was – one of the crown jewels of the NFL in the 1980s and early 1990s. Yeah, whole Joe Gibbs time and For all of sure. that. For sure. And, and since Dan Snyder bought them in 1999, they have been the opposite of that. And they've yeah. been a laughingstock in every possible form and fashion. I'm going to read this paragraph to you from uh, ESPN.com. Why is Dan Snyder still an NFL team owner? And how has he managed to survive allegations of a toxic club culture, sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, accounting misdeeds, and the bungling of a new stadium proposal that once seemed inevitable and has now been met with hard resistance by public officials in Virginia, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. This goes on to say then so much of this is enraptured in blackmail and uh, so many different pieces of dirt that Dan Snyder has on these owners. I mean, it, it's like it's like a horrific reality TV show, but then you realize this is actually real life. Well, wasn't it the... The John Gruden kind of collapse came out of a Commanders franchise like deposition. That's or exactly right. I mean, yeah, they they had all of the emails for the Washington Football Team for the last ten years, and the what then surfaced was that. But that that's a part of that's where I think this story. This is not just a story about Dan Snyder. This is a story about Roger Goodell and the NFL and them protecting this entire calamity. But then it gets into the bigger conversation too of. Unless you're the Green Bay Packers, you're a privately owned business. Yeah, absolutely. And so then there, this that's where this gets so clouded to me is we want our people that are in charge of the things that we have passion for to mm-hmm. be upstanding, righteous, moral, ethical individuals. It's not a requirement, though. No. And, and that's where I think that this gets so muddy. We've seen this already with Donald Sterling and his ousting from the NBA. Robert Sarver's going mm-hmm. through this right now in Phoenix with the Phoenix Suns. And now this is going to happen to Dan Snyder, potentially. So this is more of a, an ethical and moral conversation now. But where are we at with this? Because there, there's really, unless you're part of some sort of team union or something, there's no real way that you can say this is how you must act on a personal level if you're a private business owner. I mean, the mechanism for enforcing that is the the customer's wallet. That's right. 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 If the customer stops paying attention, um, that is one mechanism. Although that is not foolproof in the sense that these are private companies and private companies, they don't have the same fiduciary responsibility to be operated in a way that returns the maximum return to the shareholders like a public company is. Like Mm -hmm. if you buy a stock in AT&T, 
or whatever company, like right. you have a right for the management of that company to pursue profit maximization. Right. So in the case of an NFL franchise, like I don't know how Dan Snyder made his money, but and we don't know how profitable the Redskins Sorry, I keep saying the, the, the old name, <laughs> sure. the, the Commanders. I don't know how profitable that organization is. Presumably, they're still profitable, but we don't know, and there, there's no um, requirement that they tell us. And even if it weren't profitable, even if the stadium was empty and the television deals evaporated, Daniel Snyder ha- would have no obligation to sell the team as a private owner. Now, as a collective, the NFL and the owners and the commissioner, they they sort of have like a closed monopoly. Um, They have collusion within a monopoly system, if that makes sense. Totally. Uh, You could think of it as one entity, right? Well, they could vote him off the island. That's possible. Um, But it it could get messy if if he said he didn't want to. so we don't, and we don't exactly know what the what the possible mechanisms are for them to vote them off the island. Nuance is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app coming to you from Studio Forty Nine here on the University of Montana uh, campus at the Gallagher Business Building. Justin Angle joining us. It's a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Appreciate Blackfoot for all of their continued uh, support of all the things we do. They are the official digital sponsors of Grizz Athletics and also involved in so many different pieces of content that we are producing both from this show, Justin's great podcast, a new angle podcast as well. So uh, thanks to Blackfoot for all their continued support. The breaking point with Donald Sterling was that the NBA basically decided from a brand perspective as an organization that he himself was going to be banned yeah. for life. There actually is a scenario in which Donald Sterling could have taken the Los Angeles Clippers as an independent team, not had to sell them, but then who's going to play for you? How do you get those guys to play for right. you? Who do you play? But I do think that there is a, a sense of accountability here that falls upon uh, all of us as well. I mean, th- that's the twofold part here is, one, why, haven't the NF- why hasn't the NFL rallied together and have all the owners sure. just say, you know, uh, Daniel Snyder has to be gone? Well, I think it's twofold. One, the Washington commanders that franchise is i believe valued as the third most valuable franchise in all of professional sports behind only the new york yankees and the dallas cowboys which is still astonishing to it's me it's astonishing yeah. yeah that kind of market power uh, uh, so then you do have such huge market power it is a true international brand mm-hmm. and uh also then the story that was published today is all about how donald or uh, daniel snyder has nothing but dirt on all the other owners, and they don't want to go uh, and rally against him because then he will then air all of this dirty laundry. This is just a total mess. Yeah, any of these owners, is it, I mean, when the news that they've engaged in horrible behavior or said racist things or have, you know, abused people in the workplace, are we ever shocked by it? Right. Like, are we shocked that Jerry Jones is not, like, the nicest guy in the world or Robert Kraft is, you know, going to massage parlors? Like, when these news stories come out, you're like, these are all old, really, really rich white guys, and they haven't exhibited great behavior over the course of their years. And so, yeah, I'm sure all those guys are like, well, gosh, this guy... You know, some of the shrapnel associated with the Washington Commanders took down John Gruden, um, who was otherwise a pretty well-liked personality associated with the NFL and, you know, a successful coach and broadcaster. Uh, You know, the public already doesn't really like us. 
uh, what's the reputational cost of trying to push this guy Dan Snyder out? Is he going to try to burn the house down? I mean, these are calculus, calculations that these guys are probably actively making right now. The most uh, outrageous quote in this whole piece today, and we'll move on from this in a minute because yeah. this is just endlessly... <laughs> I it's can't, a freight train. I can't help like, but juggle because it's just so ridiculous. But uh, the, Dan Snyder told an associate, the NFL is the mafia. All the owners hate each other. To which then the reporter got a quote from another veteran owner and said, that's absolutely not true. In fact, all the owner, owners just hate Dan Snyder. So, <laughs> Hate him or not. I mean, <laughs> if, he is, if he's if he got information uh, yeah. that, that could damage you. The other piece of this, too, Colter, I think it was worth mentioning, like with, with, um, with Sarver and with Sterling, I feel like the players in the NBA have much more power in terms sure. oh, of the, how, how the whole organization is run. NFL players don't have the structural. Well, the NBA player, the, the NBA players union is among the most powerful unions yes. in the country. That's yes. part of it. I also think that the brand name star power, brand name star power matters in the NFL for about twenty guys. They all play quarterback. Yep. Everybody else is completely expendable to ninety percent of NFL fans. And until like you have a moment where a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, like these these sort of guys that transcend the sport, will say like. I would never play there. Right. I would turn down that guy's money. And, and no player has done that. Um, that's of any kind of... I, I mean, I haven't seen a story about sure. a player right. doing that. So that is another mechanism, probably more powerful than the customer mechanism because, you know, Dan Snyder's probably got enough money to run the franchise at a loss, but if prominent players are like, I'm not going to play there, it's all boycott. I mean, that's that's another mechanism. Uh, I don't think we've ever really seen that in professional sports, well, though, not to my memory. And that's exactly why football as a whole has such this stronghold on the American attention span because desperation is such a huge part of it. Oh, yeah. Every single guy that's in the NFL right now could all say we're not going to play for the Washington Commanders. They could still fill the team. Because <laughs> exactly. there's another 53 guys yeah, somewhere yeah. in the world they could find. They might be terrible, god-awful bad. But guess what? They've been terrible, god-awful bad for 23 years under Dan Snyder's I mean, ownership. Yeah, would you suit up for the league minimum uh, <laughs> for the Commanders? I, I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of cash, and that could change a lot of lives. Yeah, and, that's exactly right. Yeah, if the, check does, if the check clears, I think a lot of folks would do it. That's exactly right. A business angle, Justin Angle, the overlay between business and sports here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. I'll talk about something a little bit more close to home. Uh, there's a new uh, beat writer at the uh, Missoula, and I actually haven't got a chance to meet the young man yet. I believe his name's Lucas Sim, I, if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. If by chance you're listening, Lucas, uh, you know, here we are. Uh, we're colleagues now. But he wrote a good story uh, the other day during the Grizz bye week mm-hmm. that uh, it, just about sort of the differences between bowl games and playoffs and what the University of Montana figureheads like Bobby Houck and Kent Haslam think of that. And yeah. they both said, hey, Bowls are cool. The playoffs are great. We kind of like either one and all good. But I thought some of the financial analysis in there was really good, too. Uh, I had sort of known the process of bidding for home playoff games, but I, I hadn't really reviewed the revenue sharing port part of it and all that. And it just goes into this bigger conversation that you and I have had, that my friend Andrew Schmidt and I have had. We had it on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast the other week just about what is the future of athletics at the University of Montana yeah. and Montana State uh, with all of this realignment, all of this conference uh, reshuffling. And if we've determined that college football specifically is a business, which we I believe we have now at this point, it's pretty cut and dry that it is, you have to start making business decisions. And for those that, that missed it, 
the, the story, it's uh, there's several different details that I thought were pretty striking. First of all, uh, for example, to host an FCS playoff game, schools make a minimum bid. I, I had always known that, but I didn't know what the number was. Yeah. Thirty to forty thousand dollars is what it costs Montana to bring somebody in. The other striking part, though, is then you bring in a visiting team for the NCAA playoffs, and twofold: one, you got to give the gate all to the NCAA, and then they revenue share it with you. So you're going to get a piece of this of the pie no matter what. But you're giving all of your money away if you're at Montana compared to you know you host a playoff game out in Villanova and draw 4,000 fans, you're getting some of Montana's money now, too. Yeah, the takeaway is it's far more expensive for the home team to host the game than it is for the away team to participate in the game. Yeah, it's uh, so then, I mean, what do we think of this just in terms of, of the decision-making in the future? Because I do think that the fan base loves playoff games. I yeah, mean, yeah. some of the most iconic moments in the history of this university occurred, you know, on snowy December days at Washington Grizzly Stadium. And you and I have talked extensively about how good that is for marketing. I mean, perhaps the greatest marketing moment in UM history came when they beat App State on ESPN yep. national television, snow flying overtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the greatest games ever in in the history of the subdivision. So uh that's worth it, right? But on the other hand, then where do we? What's the breaking point when we're making these decisions in terms of you know? Because you could just go play in the Las Vegas Bowl and get a million dollar guarantee and still be on national television. Yeah, and wasn't it the um, was it James Madison where the, the the stadium wasn't full? They have this big dome right. and it wasn't full That's for right. a, for a home playoff. I game. mean, last time the Grizz were out there, that stadium holds close to twenty eight thousand. I yeah. think they drew about fifteen thousand. Yeah, and so they're probably operating that game at a loss, and then they sort of have to pay to operate that game at a loss. I mean, it depends on on your fan base. Like, if you can, fill, yeah. if you have a big facility and you can fill it, it probably makes total sense. So, if you're the University of Montana, the thirty to forty thousand, whatever that amount you have to pay, is kind of a, ta- a tax, right? It's a tax by the NCAA, and, and it seems like it is. You know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of the other dimensions of the finances, but when you consider the concessions, the alcohol, and the associated economic benefits, not only to the university, but all the ancillary businesses and institutions in the community, it, it, it would seem like we are far from the point, um, considering we can sell at the stadium out most days now, uh, I, I'd say we're far from the point where we're thinking, yeah, it probably doesn't make sense to host a playoff game. Totally. But at some point, yeah, I mean, you probably got to view it in terms of how many people are going to travel to your community, um, how important is it to support local businesses, how important is it to attract a student body. You know, we need more students here, and, and our enrollment is growing. Yes. But, but we, I think we could probably, we probably want more than we currently have. So, yeah, we're far from a point where I think we're kind of making that um, – that trade-off calculus. Well, I hope that, and that's what I hope is that I hope that more than just the bottom line revenue production and profit bottom line is taken into account when some of these decisions are made. Something as simple as this: packing up and going on the road during December uh, is very difficult on the student athletes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, Finals and I mean, end of yeah, semester, right, all of right. it. You know, I mean, there was the stories of last year when the Grizz were going on the road to James Madison. Mm-hmm. Those guys, some of those guys, were taking some of their tests on the plane. I mean, yep. I don't care how smart you are, how much you got it together. That's tough, man. It's really absolutely. And uh, you know, so student athlete welfare should go into it. Also, just like what it means for the university as a whole. You know, can you see beyond? this Saturday's revenue production and then maybe what it means for the university down the line. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that 
Any institution always has fewer resources than it wants to do all the things it wants to do. Totally. Like a leader has to make trade-offs, and I think you know, at, exec- at the executive leadership level, it's often more about what you say no to than what you say yes to. Um, you know, like it or not, the benefit, the football program, as we've said, is kind of the welcome mat for a lot of these institutions. So the brand value and the storytelling value of hosting that home playoff game, you know, it's a chance to capture lightning in a bottle. And I think that any athletic director or university president, provided that they can, um, you know, that there is a reasonable likelihood of, occur, you know, of accruing those benefits, that you would write that check. Business Angle, Justin Angle here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, last thing for you is the Battle of the Little Brown Stein on Saturday. Yeah. Idaho in town. This is a historic rivalry. It dates back to 1903. They've played for the trophy uh, 88 times as of Saturday. This is sort of a, a parallel with business. In business, is there any theories that exist in which when your primary competitors are better, it can help you be better? Because I think that there's more intrigue in this game on Saturday because Idaho comes here with a 2-0 record. They're sort of the the antithesis of what we've been talking about, what happens if you move up. Most Grizz fans that don't want to move up, most Bobcat fans that don't want to move up, they say, well, look at Idaho. They moved up. They didn't do anything. Well, from a financial standpoint, they did. I mean, Idaho played Penn State for $2 million a couple years ago. The contract was worth more than twice as much as Montana playing Washington because they signed it when they were FBS. That on the side, though, do you feel like there's a parallel there because it seems like Idaho being 2-0 in league play, a new head coach, they sort of have a revitalized fan base. There's more interest now in Idaho, and I think I think that's good for the Big Sky and uh, and Montana in general. Do you think that uh, all I guess high tides raise all ships? Uh, you know, in some ways, there is some research about this. A few different strains. I mean, what you're describing is um, a form of duopoly, right? When mm-hmm. you're when you're looking at two prominent brands in a marketplace like the Cokes and Pepsis kind of there is research on game theory there's research on you know economic theory there's also some research on brand strategy that I'm more familiar with and what you see often like in a market like Coke versus Pepsi Coke has the the higher market share and you as far as advertising you very rarely see the market leader do any form of comparative advertising Coke will very rarely, if ever, mention Pepsi in their advertising. Pepsi's claim to fame as advertising was the Pepsi Challenge, right, where right. they engaged in a category comparison to Coca-Cola. And so as the, as the second placeholder in a market, you're, you have more incentives to advertise against your competitor to kind of steal share as the competitor, as the dominant um, player in the marketplace, the Coke, you advertise in a way that just rises the tide for everybody. But since you own the biggest share of the market, you're going to gain the most from that sort of um, category-building advertising. That's a, that's a really interesting point. And I think that Montana's actually gone through, this, specifically Montana, the Bobcats are, are sort of gaining that same regional and national recognition for yeah. football play as of late. Uh, but Montana's success was definitely a boon, a huge benefit to a lot of the teams in the Big Sky Absolutely. Conference. Absolutely. I mean... I think about this all the time. When when Montana plays Idaho, Idaho has a bunch of media covering it compared to a lot of the other Big Sky schools. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, when Montana plays Sac State next week, it will be a media frenzy compared to what they usually get. I mean, yeah. all of the news stations here in Missoula, all of the, you know, me and all of the newspaper guys, and you know, it's going to be 10 media. It's not crazy, but, like, 10 media guys are going to reach out to Sac State Sports Info 
And my guy Brian Berger down there is going to, you know, have his head spinning for a week because he's just not used to it. So And it, the, the eyeballs that puts on the Sac State yes, right. program, it benefits Sac State, as you mentioned. And so, yeah, there is obviously in Montana's interest to have a more competitive, uh, more attention-getting Idaho program. But that's Idaho's work to do. That's right. Right. I mean, Montana is going to kind of invest in raising awareness for the game and promoting the notion that Idaho is a worthy opponent, but we're not going to try. You know, we're not, there's no tailwind that Idaho is creating that we're trying to draft on. Sure. Yes. A very good point. Justin Angle, a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Recording here on a Thursday at Studio 49 at the Gallagher Business Building. What's coming up on a New Angle podcast? Oh, gosh. So this week, actually tonight, uh, so this pledge week at uh, Montana Public Radio. And our show, A New Angle, shares the 7 o'clock hour with a literary program called The Right Question, which is hosted by my friend and colleague Lauren Korn. So Lauren and I are going to do a live hour tonight from 7 to 8 o'clock and talk about our respective shows, our approach cool. to our interviews, how we prepare, how, a little bit of how the sausage is made, but hopefully not too in the weeds <laughs> of the listeners will tune out. Um, but yeah, so that, that'll be fun, something different. And yeah, we've got a great interview. I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago um, with Jeff Shapiro, mm-hmm. kind of a adventure athlete, wingsuit base jumper. Um, got an episode coming up that I'm actually, I'm trying to plan this episode right now with a guy who started Dollar Shave Club. Oh, nice. So he's hanging around. Tell him Mont- we got a lot of podcasts. They, maybe we have a, a captive audience for him. I know. Yeah. So, I you got know. those me- uh, ads memorized, man, because they've been on the Bill Simmons podcast for since day one. They're so good. And this first <laughs> ad, I've used it in my marketing class for years and years and years. And um, so we're, we're trying to pull that off. We don't have it locked down yet, but hopefully we'll get, we'll get Mike on the program. And uh, it'll be a fun one because he's an entertaining guy. Every every couple of weeks, you can hear Justin Angle here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thank you. A business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to Blackfoot for helping us and helping you connect to more. Let's talk some NFL. Plus, we'll give you a Major League Baseball playoff update next. Keep it right here, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. You know I had to let it play out till you got the main part. What a great song, man. Taking me back to the days just binging on the VH1 when you're a kid. <laughs> I don't know if that's good for you or not, but dang it, it taught me a lot about pop culture. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. You want us now? ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Baseball's over for today because... The Houston Astros took a 2-0 lead over the Seattle Mariners with a 4-2 win. Uh, Luis Castillo pitched well, but not well enough. And uh, the Mariners 
looked like they might have just uh, blown the stack there last game when they scored seven runs and had double-digit hits, just five hits for the M's today. So uh, Houston up 2 nothing, pushing Seattle to the brink of elimination. And then in the American League, the other American League series, that is, um, the Cleveland Guardians and New York Yankees postponed due to the impending inclement weather, rainy forecast. So the game was rescheduled for Friday at 1.07 p.m. Uh, so that's a two-day layoff, which is actually an extra day off for um, than, than what we've been accustomed to and what's been already a breakneck playoffs in terms of the games and the travel schedule and, and all that stuff. Yesterday, we gave you the final for the Braves. They evened up the docket with the Phillies 3-0 to yesterday, so 1-1 in that series headed now back to Philly. And then last night, a great rally by the uh, San Diego Padres against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And uh, the Pods, they it was a back-and-forth game. It was a really crazy game. I watched almost the whole thing. Uh, really fun game. It went back and forth, back and forth, and then the Padres took the lead, and then they hang on for the lead. Uh, decent pitching performance. Certainly went deep into the game by Hugh Darvish for the Padres. But uh, in the end, the San Diego Padres get the win, and they're tied 1-1 with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So basically the only uh, – the series – that's pushed to the brink already is Houston and Seattle. Uh, the uh, American League one postponed and one, uh, one for both national league series between Phillies and uh, Braves and Padres and Dodgers. So it's a little major league baseball update for you uh, here on Nuanas now. Let's talk some NFL. The uh, Thursday night game, man. Um, first of all, this is all football all the time. It's presented by Sportsbet Montana. And uh, I was actually planning on going to the machine to put a little wager on the uh, Thursday night game. That's a, it's a customary practice of yours truly. I don't know what to bet in this game. I don't know if I want to bet on this game. Watch the commanders at the Chicago Bears. Mostly it's a good practice to not bet on games you're not going to watch or at least follow heavily. Like, I know it's impossible to watch all the games on Sundays. So if you got a little three-part parlay, you're watching one of them, you're monitoring the scores and your fantasy team, okay, I get it. But this is the only game on TV, but I'm not so sure that I'm inclined to watch it. I, I mean, we'll certainly have it on at the house. If this, this would be a rare occasion where I would have baseball on at the house and not uh, football if baseball was on, but there's no baseball on tonight because that Guardians-Yankees game got postponed. So... We'll probably have it on, but I don't even know what to think of this one. You know, I think that one thing I do know is that Carson Wentz isn't the answer. And it's hard to really pinpoint what happened because for one 12 or 13 game stretch, his either second or third year in Philadelphia, he was great. He was, he was arguably the MVP of the NFL. And then he got hurt, tore his ACL, and he's never been the same. But I also don't know how that just completely and utterly ruins your reputation around the league. I mean, by all accounts, Carson Wentz is a clean-living Christian guy. So I don't think he has a lot of issues in terms of, like, off-the-field dalliances or anything like that. Maybe it is the fact that he is just too squeaky clean. I don't know. All I do know is that they couldn't get him out of Philadelphia fast enough, 
And then when they brought him to Indy, he was so bad that Frank Reich stood up for him for a little while and then almost got fired because of it. And then when Jim Ursay, the, the uh, general manager and owner of the Colts, gets up there after they get rid of Carson Wentz and deal him to Washington, Ursay basically says, when you make mistakes, you got to admit you made mistakes, you got to cut ties, and then you got to move on. So, I mean, it was like, we got to get this guy as far, as far away from us as possible. Well, now he's sitting here in Washington, and last week... The, the pick in the end zone against the Titans to lose the game is just the next in this dismounting saga of Carson Wentz and him just come, turning into an, an, a flop, which is crazy considering where he was. They're coming out of North Dakota State as a national champion, number two overall pick, uh, pretty solid during his first year there in Philly, great during that year. He almost won the MVP, then he gets hurt, and he's never the same, and uh, his reputation and what folks around the league think of him was also never the same. And I'm not blaming the Washington Commanders' one and four record all on on Carson Wentz. They they have they have had an cr- incredible amount of issues. Not the least of which is they're leading the news like every day this week, and it has nothing to do with their one and four record. It has everything to do with their just deplorable front office and owners ownership with Daniel Snyder. I mean. As Justin Angle and I talked about, and if you missed anything from that conversation, you should listen because it was a good one. It is a tenuous situation to try to remove the ownership of a private business from said owner for them talking offensively. That said, it's not a coincidence that the Washington, whatever iteration of the football team in the in the nation's capital has been, have been embarrassing and lacked any semblance of stability. The fact that that's been an omnipresent phenomenon for more than 20 years, I think you can connect the dots. One thing is attached to the other thing. So I don't know where the, the Washington commanders go from here, but I do know this. If they lose tonight in Chicago to a hapless Bears team, then pack it in. You know, I mean, you should just be tanking. You should, you should, I mean, I'm not trying to advocate for tanking, but if you lose to Chicago tonight, then you should just try to go all the way to the bottom and try to get Bryce Young or try to get whoever else is available in next year's draft. Because the Bears aren't good either. The Bears have been in games more often uh, than the Commanders have. They lost 20 to 12 to the Giants two weeks ago. They did beat their two and three. The Bears are. They had the the kind of the eye opening win over uh, San Francisco in the the mud and and the puddles of, of Soldier Field in the opener, and uh, then they got drilled by the Packers, and then they beat the Texans, and then they lost twenty to twelve to the Giants, and then they actually had the Vikings down twenty two twenty one in the fourth quarter, and for the first time in his existence on earth, Kirk Cousins. Mounted a uh, two-minute draw. I'm not. That's actually probably an exaggeration, but uh, somehow the Vikings mounted. Well, not somehow. They were going against the Redskins' defense, so it totally makes sense. But regardless, I don't mean to pile on these two teams, these two games, but uh, I think this is one of those games that is pivotal because it shows you where you're at as a trajectory of the team. If you, if you get to a win if you're Chicago, you win at home, you're three and three, then you keep fighting. I mean, who knows? You got some division games left. Uh, you still get to play the Lions, so that that'll be one you know that you'll be a, a favorite in. And uh, 
you know, maybe maybe Justin Fields keeps getting better. Maybe David Montgomery refines his health. You know, who knows what you might be able to find. They do have a young receiving core, and, and they have some good players defensively. Namely, Rokon Smith is one of the best uh, linebackers in the NFL. They're okay in the secondary. So the Bears, even though the Bears, it's fun to make fun of the Bears, and they are one of the only teams in the league that I truly don't like. <laughs> they, they, they do have objectively more to work with in this current iteration than the commanders. But I do think it's a big game for both these teams just because what happens maybe then plays into what you want to do down the stretch the rest of your season. What are some of the other matchups coming down the pipe in the NFL on Sunday? We'll go through those and get you set up for your Friday. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Radio. David Byrne, lead singer of the Talking Heads. Yeah, he's my kind of crazy. <laughs> I love him, man. He's just so kooky and, and weird and, you know, I know I am too. So <laughs> that's, that's why I, I appreciate it. You want us now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Speaking of the app, great way to follow along and watch uh, this show live and archived. Also, great way to follow along to Grizz Hockey. So we'll have the Grizz Hockey matches, games, uh, skates, showdowns against Montana State Friday and Saturday on the app. We'll have the radio call here on Friday and uh, exclusively on the ESPN MT app on Saturday. So if you want to watch the rivalry game, the ball of the wild on the ice between Montana and Monta- Montana State hockey from Bozeman Saturday, get that ESPN MT app in your life. Missed anything in Nuanas now today. Fun show. Heard from Jason Eck, the head coach of the Idaho Vandals. We also heard from Bobby Houck, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. Braxton Tucker, defensive end out of Billings West, who's headed to Montana next year. He joined us. Joined our Andrew Houghton for a nice interview. We also heard from Chance Wilson, quarterback from Oklahoma, just the, outside the Tulsa area, who's committed to Montana State. Justin Angle back in the fold, a business angle, conversation about Dan Snyder, the valuation of franchises, what is the uh, responsibility of owners, and also a conversation about the finances behind NCAA payouts or uh, revenue sharing when it comes to the FCS playoffs. And we also talked some Major League Baseball and some NFL. All that can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by the M Store and the Montana State Bookstore. Weird slate of NFL games this week. I, I think that there's, uh, as much as we'd like to think there's a little bit of clarity, there's a lot of games between teams that are just, it's just weird matchups, like Minnesota versus Miami, for example. You know, Miami was so great, and then Tua Tagovailoa got hurt. Minnesota has been really good, except for when they got whipped the one time that they did. And so 
where are we at? I don't know. I mean, Jacksonville versus Indianapolis, nobody thought that was going to be a game for AFC South supremacy. But Jacksonville's been a surprise. Indianapolis has been a disappointment. I mean, the Jets are one of the upstart teams in the league at 3-2. and two. The Packers, I think some would say at 3-2 and two are a disappointment. If the Packers lose to the Jets, then what? I mean, then you're having some real conversations, right? San Francisco uh, is supposed to be a conference contender. They play at Atlanta. Atlanta's been kind of sneaky. They've been okay. So that's maybe one to watch as well. Uh, but the the, the primetime games are, are going to have a lot of eyeballs on them, especially the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. That game last year in the playoffs, all-time great. I know theater of the moment, you know, sometimes we get stuck in the here and now, the latest and the greatest. That was one of the great NFL playoff games ever. They, they will be talking about it and showing highlights. Like when Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have their career montages, their, their you know, this football life from NFL films, they'll talk about that game. That, that will be one that's remembered forever, way down the road. So the rematch of that game, that's in the afternoon slot, actually. I'm surprised it's not a night game. And then you got the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. Cowboys unlikely in their surge right now, and the Eagles rolling undefeated. So that'll be a fun one as well. We'll break down some more lines tomorrow, and uh, we'll also have a whole bunch of other fun stuff for you, including Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. We'll have our Garden City Spotlight with as many of the Missoula high school football uh, organizations, teams that we can round up. And we'll also lead the show with former Denver Broncos wide receiver Ed McCaffrey. He also happens to be the head coach at Northern Colorado. We'll do that at 4 o'clock tomorrow. We'll see you then. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 MontanaAdvocates.com.